Coffee Break, the advice podcast for teachers, brought to you by UEA. Welcome to Coffee Break, the HE advice podcast from UEA. I'm Lauren, a higher education advisor here at UEA, and every month I invite more members of my team to join me. Um, this month I would like to welcome Jess and Lydia. Um, Jess works with schools in the north, and Lydia works with schools in London, and I work with schools in the south, so we've got a good variety with us this month. Between us all, we cover all of <laughs> the England, basically. <laughs> we basically cover it all. So this episode, we will be covering the importance of applicant days and university-run teacher conferences, and we'll be answering your questions at the end. So let's get started by welcoming Francesca to the show. Fran runs our open days and applicant days here at UEA, so we'd like to ask what happens at the applicant days. So on an applicant day, we invite students to arrive for about 9.30 in the morning, and then in the morning you can go on tours of our campus, tours of the sports park, the library, and of course the accommodation. And then we have a welcome talk in the morning uh, with two of our current students talking to all of you about what it's like to actually be a student at UEA. And then after that talk, you get taken into your school area and you have a delicious free lunch alongside the current students um, who are studying your course and your um, and the academics who teach your course. Um, and then you spend the whole afternoon until about 3, 3.30 in the, your actual school of study alongside your academics. So you might, depending on your course, you might have an example seminar, you might have an example lecture. So it would really give you a flavour of the types of things you'd be studying in the first year. Um, and then, of course, obviously you get to ask a lot of questions. So any questions that have come up beforehand or any questions you think of on the day, you can just ask any of the current students or the academics. And when generally do students get invited to an applicant day? So uh, once a student has been made an offer, uh, the next day they will receive an email from us um, with a button and they click on the button and it will give them an option um, of normally at least two or three different dates when they uh, can come and they can book onto their applicant day from there. Um, if students have been invited to a an interview or an audition, then the same applies. So they'll be invited. Um, uh, they'll they'll be notified that they have uh, they'll be invited in for an audition or a or an interview. And then the following day, they'll be sent the link and they'll be given the options as to when they can come and they select a date and they book on. Well, a lot of the teachers who are listening might be a little bit worried about the amount of students who are taking time out of their studies, um, particularly because a lot of these open days, applicant days, things like that, generally tend to happen during term time, and they might be during the week. What would, what would be your piece of advice for students or for teachers who are worried about that? So I think it's, um, it's something we're very conscious of. So we've spoken over the last year to um, a lot of teachers and a lot of students, actually, who were very concerned about um, and very aware about not taking too much time out of school when they're very conscious of things like their A-levels. Um, so with that in mind, we looked for this year and we've completely changed when our applicant days run. So we only have um, three applicant days that are running on weekdays during school term time. Um, and the rest of our applicant days will be running on either Saturdays or we have a full week of applicant days running within the February half term. So within that half term, the first Saturday uh, and then the Monday to the last Saturday, will every single one of those days will be an applicant day. And we're hoping that that will encourage students to attend because we know how important the applicant days are for students but we completely recognise that both the students and the teachers have other pressures. I'm sure that a lot of the teachers who are out there will be thrilled to hear that a lot of the students can do some of these visits um, in non-school term time. Um, And what do you think that 
the students get the most out of their days? What do you think the whole point of applicant days is what do you think that they really enjoy the most? So the whole point of applicant days um, and the thing that makes them more unique um, from open days is that the students actually get time, a really extended period of time, so normally at least three hours within their school of study, talking to the academics who will be teaching them and talking to current students who are currently studying their course. So an open day, it's a brilliant, an open day is a brilliant thing when you're not, you know, when you're looking around, but when you've decided actually this is the course I want to study and I'm seriously considering this institution, I thoroughly encourage you, the students themselves and also the teachers, to encourage their students to attend an applicant day if they can, because it just gives them a real insight into, it's a big commitment, three years, and it's a, it's a lot of money that the students will be taking out um, for their student loan, and so quite rightly they are considering everything carefully, and this is a perfect way for them to actually get a real taste of what it is like to study that subject at that institution. What would you advise the teachers to tell their students to prepare for in terms of an applicant day? Would you like them to come with questions? Do you think that it is a good idea to kind of have a plan? What, what advice would you give? So I think most certainly questions. Um, it is your chance, uh, sorry, it's the student's chance when they arrive to really face-to-face -face get answers to all those little niggly questions. So they've, they may have questions about the course, about how it's assessed or how they're going to be taught, what types of things they're going to be taught, what types of modules they'll have options in um, and where their course can take them. The <coughs> academics will be able to help with all of those things and in addition to that they may have questions around okay what it's, what's it like to live on campus and they can have quite in-depth discussions with current students to find out those things and there's nothing that can replace that face-to-face -face interaction. And do you generally tend to find that students who have come to you a year who've previously attended an applicant day, do you tend to find that they really got the most out of that day and they really enjoyed it and that's basically why they chose? Yes, here? most definitely. We know that when students attend applicant days here at UEA, they we know from their feedback and we know from the evidence that shows us that actually people who attend the applicant days really understand they really get the feel of what UEA is all about and they on the on the whole they love that and they then convert and do choose UEA as firm which is wonderful yeah, obviously <laughs> wonderful thanks Francesca um if that was an interesting item for you don't forget to to subscribe to our podcast through your iTunes or SoundCloud do you know someone who would like this podcast we'd love it if you shared it with them Next up, we're going to be discussing the benefits of attending a university-run teachers' conference. We're joined by Jane, who organises Nurturing Bright Futures, the conference for teachers and advisors here at UEA, which is planned for the 6th and 7th of June in 2019. Um, hi, Jane. Thank you for coming in. Hi. The Teachers and Careers Advisors Conferences, they are hosted um, by various different higher education institutes nationwide. What makes Nurturing Bright Futures Conference at UEA stand out from what other universities are offering? I think, well, in lots of ways, it's similar to other offerings from other institutions, but ours is free, which is always a bit of a pull. It's CB CPD certified. We offer an overnight stay on campus. We have a, a big formal networking dinner, which is always great. Um, we have a really good programme, which varies every year of central talks and breakout sessions and tours etc so it's a good varied program great so what have you got planned for next year's teachers conference well nothing is completely set in stone yet but i can confirm that one or two things are finalized uh, basically around a loose theme of transition the transition between school 
or college and university. For example, one of the main um, central sessions is going to be delivered by um, two of our lecturers in psychology and they, along with some students from psychology and the School of Computing Sciences, have developed an app called Open Up UEA and is designed to help students with their mental well-being and um, their fluctuating emotions. We are also um, having one of our biology lecturers giving a talk or a presentation about the transition from school to university. She's developed MOOCs in order to help um, students move from or progress to, to higher education. And she addresses um, some of the myth- myths that have grown up in schools and colleges around HE and to look at how those can be dealt with. Amazing. Um, I cannot wait. I, obviously, we attend the Teachers' Conference every year. The Nurturing Bright Futures Conference is absolutely fantastic. And each year we get teachers who come year after year because they absolutely love attending the Nurturing Bright Futures conference. Um, What do you think that teachers can really gain from attending? Well I think they can gain, they do gain information and insight into the wider HE picture and up-to-date UCAS situation, um, changes in the admissions processes and um, very wide things on the the, um, the entire sector, across the sector, but also more specifically they gain knowledge about what we can offer here at UEA. Wonderful that they're going to hear a little bit more about UEA and I've heard that we also have a very interesting partnership coming up as well. Oh yes, for the first time we're collaborating with Newer, that's uh, the Norwich University of the Arts, which is our local art school based in the city centre. Um, For the Thursday afternoon we're going to have some sessions delivered by Newer in their beautiful buildings in the city centre and also we're going to have a discussion session. We started this last year which was quite successful about resources and a bit of sharing best practice amongst teachers and advisors along with our higher education advisors. Then Newer will also deliver a couple of breakout sessions on campus the next day, one of which will be delivered in the Sainsbury Centre, the um, Sainsbury Centre for Visual Arts, which is our world-renowned art gallery and school on campus. Sounds absolutely amazing that the teachers are going to either all on you, experienced on you, are going to get the opportunity to learn more about Newer, get an opportunity to learn more about UEA. And I've also heard... Oh, yes, we've got our new science um, session. So that's being offered by our School of Environmental Sciences. And it's going to be a two-hour, two-ish hour session on the Thursday morning, specifically about the what they could call the harder science degree. So that's harder in inverted commas, um, such as geology, geophysics, um, oceans, physics, engineering and so on and it's aimed at teachers who might teach geography etc and whose students might just think they want to go and do geography or they might want to do environmental sciences but are not quite sure they think they like volcanoes but they don't actually know that geophysics exists etc and there will be people from maths who will talk about how maths is used how maths is applied to the degree programs that we offer I think so it's be very exciting. There'll be demonstrations, talks, discussion sessions, etc. So we're just giving the teachers the opportunity to learn a little bit more in depth about uh, yes, advising students completely. when they are interested yes, in those so areas. Yeah, sounds, yeah, sounds really, really good. I think I might go to one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I always wish I did environmental science. Um, so just kind of how can anyone listening, teachers and advisors, um, register for the teachers' conference? Well, we will be sending out invitations by mail, both you know, hard copy and emails, early in the new year, and we will book open the booking uh, mid mid January, and they will just need to go onto our website and 
click onto a form and complete a form. Wonderful. And if they need to, I assume that they can just email you at recruitmentevents at uea.ac.uk as well. Yes. Well, thanks for coming in, Jane. It sounds like the conference is going to be fantastic, as always. Don't forget to book your place. And I think you said uh, mid-January. It's actually the 14th of January, so teachers can go online and book from then. Yeah. You've made it this far. Why not subscribe to our podcast? Every episode, we get an academic in from one of UEA's schools of study to talk about what they do. And this month, we're very pleased to be joined by Rupert from Philosophy. Hi, Rupert. Hello. Hi. Um, Jess is going to be asking you some questions, so we're really keen to hear all about your work and about philosophy. So if you could just initially just give us a little bit of an overview about some of your areas of research and some of your areas of teaching that you teach at the University of East Anglia. Yes, so my name is Rupert Reed. My research is quite diverse, really. I follow a philosopher called Wittgenstein, who was one of the great philosophers of the 20th century. Uh, He talked a lot about language, so I do a lot of philosophy of language and also philosophy of propaganda, thinking about the way that language can be abused as well as used. Uh, And then recently I've done a lot of environmental philosophy and political philosophy. My latest book that's just out is called A Film Philosophy of Ecology and Enlightenment. So I'm looking in that book at a lot of films, uh, art house films, but also popular films like uh, Gravity, 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, Avatar, and thinking about the way that those films help us to think about the ecology of the world we live in and about uh, human freedom and about what's really important to us. So I do quite a lot of diverse stuff and I also teach quite a lot of diverse stuff. Uh, Right now I'm teaching environmental philosophy uh, and uh, film and philosophy. Uh, This past uh, semester I've been teaching a subject called philosophy and and other subjects where we bring philosophy into alignment with a whole load of other disciplines that uh, one studies at school or in the academic world. Wonderful. And would you say that your research actively influences what you do teach is it kind of some of your current research is in the classroom in the lecture theatres as 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 you're teaching it yeah that's actually very important to us here at uea and philosophy we try to do what we call research-led teaching which means basically that pretty much all the teaching that we do is connected with our research and we deliberately make sure that teachers get to teach the subjects that they are research experts in so that if you come to uea to study philosophy you know that you're going to be getting someone who is a genuine expert in the subject Uh, and i find that very important and i find that the feedback I get from teaching, from teaching undergraduate students, can really influence my own thinking and my own research, because I'm thinking in a live way about these topics. And then I try to take some of the ideas that come from a classroom discussion and put those into, for example, some of my latest thoughts in my my latest book. That's definitely been the case for this uh, film book that I've just done. Wonderful. It sounds like the students are really getting the, the most out of their teaching. Yeah. Um, and when we are talking about students, and obviously you're talking about teaching them, what do you want from a student? What is the best type of person who you have sat in your lecture theatres, in your seminars? What type of person do you think is suited to hmm. a philosophy degree? Good. Well, so philosophy obviously is a lot about thinking. Uh, philosophy is a subject that thrives on thinking and debate and dialogue. But I would say also that it's just very important in philosophy, as with most subjects, to be someone who is reasonably diligent, who is willing to to work hard, who is willing to to read and think carefully about what they're reading. And in this context, I find the kind of students that we get at UEA, I find them quite good because my experience is that a lot of our students here at UEA are students who are here 
to work. They're here to study. They're not just here to party. And if I'll, uh, let me give you a little anecdote that, uh, that tells you something about that. So I used to teach at Manchester University, and on paper, the students at Manchester and philosophy were a bit stronger than our students here at UEA. They tended to have higher A-level grades. But what my experience was at Manchester was that, especially for us teaching in the morning, it was very difficult because Manchester is a real party town, a real, you know, clubbing capital of Britain, whatever. And what I used to find was that a lot of my students who on paper were very bright, they were sitting there in their classes at nine or ten in the morning, and they were not frankly interacting you know they were barely if they were there at all they were barely managing to to keep up because they were tired from dancing and drinking all night to put it very bluntly that's not so much the case here in UEA the kind of student who comes to UEA is the kind of student who sure they want to come to an attractive university in an interesting city but they tend to be in my experience students who are that bit more interested in the subject they're studying rather than the city in which they're living and I think that works well for us here at UEA. Wonderful. And do you think that those students who do come to us, do you think it is important that they have ever studied philosophy before? Or do you just think that studying philosophy is great, but do you think it's more about the type of person that they are who are approaching the subject? Yeah, I would say it works well either way. If you've studied philosophy before, then sure, that can help you a bit in the first year. Although you have to be careful because the level of study that we do at university, you know, it's it's a cut above. It's not necessarily that the, the questions are harder, it's that the answers are harder. And what we demand from students is different from what is demanded of students in a GCSE or A-level type um, exam uh, or essay. So we're completely open to students who have studied philosophy before and obviously that can be an advantage but also we're very open to students who haven't studied it before and of course the number of students studying philosophy in, in school is relatively low compared to a lot of other subjects so a lot of our students here at UEA have not studied philosophy before or, or have maybe studied religious studies or something like that which can be a very helpful uh, stepping stone and really the way the first year works here at UEA in philosophy is we try to bring everybody into the same level playing field of studying philosophy at university level and by the time people have finished the first year and they're ready to start their honours course they're hopefully all in, all in a really good position to do well in that course and to thrive well uh, in it whether or not they've studied philosophy before. Wonderful well, it sounds great that if you've studied philosophy and, you've, and it's given you an inspiration to come and study it further at university that we can offer a course for them and if nobody has studied philosophy before but they are interested in the subject then again in that first year they will get everybody up to the, the same level yep. and the same interest. That's right. Thanks for that, Rupert. Um, that was really interesting to hear more about um, what you teach and what students can study here at UEA. Um, if you or any of your colleagues would like one of our academics to come into your school and offer a guest lecture, you can hear more about our courses that way as well. Um, get in touch by emailing schools at uea.ac.uk and we can arrange that for you. Each month our final item will be open in the postbag. This is your chance to get those questions answered. We're happy to take questions on anything related to the UCAS process, personal statements, the EPQ, finance, open days, you name it, we'll answer it. Uh, this month we've had a really interesting question from a teacher in Essex. She's asked, does it negatively affect admission if the student discloses mental health and disability on their UCAS form? I just wanted to check your views as I as I have had a student who is nervous about this. So in short, there is no negative impact um, on admission whatsoever. Um, the reason this question is on the UCAS form is so that every university that the student um, applies to can begin planning and preparing for their arrival. Um, it's to ensure that they have the best possible support available to them when they arrive. 
Yeah, and also our um, student support team also do a lot of work in terms of the transition. So they'll work with the student from when they've disclosed it on their application form and um, received an offer from us all the way through. And even if they wanted to, uh, the student could come and start at the university, move into the university a little bit earlier with, say, the um, international students who might need a little bit more time just to transition into university. If student who has any form of um, mental health or disability um, and they would just feel a little bit more comfortable they are welcome to move in earlier and there are a huge range of other um, areas of support the team can offer them as well. Mm. Yeah so if anything is listed on the UCAS form student support services um, will contact the student directly after they've been made an offer um, and if required they'll go through an assessment um, with them to de- to determine kind of what additional support is required or what would be helpful to them. So do definitely encourage your students to disclose this information as it can only help them in the future and when they get here. This year we have introduced Open Up UEA, a new wellbeing app for new students. Um, Open Up UEA helps you um, know where you are on campus, find support um, services, manage your money, plan your week and track your feelings to help solve any problems so you can find any triggers and things like that. So um, it's available on iTunes and Android now and this is what the student support service are also encouraging students to use. Um, So if any students do have that um, or if they feel that when they get to university anything changes we do have this app and the student support services is there for any student who is either given an indication that they may have any mental health um, or disability um, and they need any additional support um, or if anything develops when they are at university the support service is also there. Thanks for answering that guys. Uh, Next month we'll we'll be going into some more detail about mental health and student support that is available at UEA so do listen in next month if that's something that you feel that your students need to know about. Um, If you have a question for us you can also get in contact by emailing schools at uea.ac.uk and we'll pick it up and answer your questions on here Uh, thanks for listening coffee break the advice podcast for teachers brought to you by uea